Future with Finland is a series of podcasts from Invest in Finland, looking at the unique business research and development and innovation landscape in Finland. Invest in Finland is part of Business Finland, the country's official innovation funding, trade, investment and travel promotion organisation. The podcast series will cover a range of subjects from health data, AI, digitalization, through to smart cities, twin transition and sustainable manufacturing, with a range of internationally focused experts sharing their experiences within the country and explaining how their companies have achieved success there. My name is Roy Meredith, Senior Advisor for Invest in Finland in the UK, and I will be your host for the series. Our first podcast looks at the broad subject of digitalization and innovation and will help to identify why Finland is constantly ranked as one of the most innovative and digitally focused countries in the world. We're joined by Richard Hargensen, Ecosystem and Partners Programme Manager for Schaeffler Industry 4.0, part of the huge Schaeffler Group, Rob Connell, CEO of Noll Venture, a respected business and technology consultancy. He's also chairman of a video game studio and an advisor to an NGO mitigating climate change. And my co-host and colleague, Jana Kari, Head of Industry for ICT and Digitalization for Invest in Finland. In this episode, we'll hear how Schaeffler built their ecosystem in the country, how collaboration between companies, multicultural teams and complementary skills are critical to success for tech companies. We'll hear stories of great innovations from Finland, and we'll even hear mention of a car wash for cattle. So all three of you are currently in Finland, but actually, Richard, you're not Finnish, are you? Um, how long have you been based there and, and how did you end up in the country? I'm actually Swedish, half Danish, born and raised in Sweden. I moved to Finland back in 1999 for a shorter time. <laughs> that was how it was supposed to be. But now I have been here since then. I ended up here when we started up a new business in Finland. Was that with Schaeffler? No, it wasn't. It was a company called Telelogic. It, we did uh, software lifecycle and development management tools uh, back in the days. It's part of IBM now. Surprise, surprise, we had a big contract with Nokia in Finland, and then we decided to set up a branch organization and consulting organization in Finland. And then that was the time when I first came into the world of uh, all these uh, great companies that they have in, in Finland. It was a surprise to me as a Swede that you have this, it's not only Nokia, you have all these other companies working with great innovation. And Rob, not a very Finnish name, so it's not a surprise to any of the listeners that you're not a native either. I was going to ask you how you came to be over here, but I think it was more personal reasons. So so how, how long have you been in, uh, in, in Finland? Yeah, so I've been here exactly 14 years. Those personal reasons are, to be honest, because my wife is Finnish, but we've also, by attracting international talent to come work for us at Noel Venture, spouses have been a very important role for us. Great direction of where we're going on this podcast as well. So you came over, Rob, for personal reasons, but you've got a great background in technology. How did you first, what first impressed you about country with regards to technology and digitalization and so, yeah, indeed, I've worked in sort of ICT for a long time, you know, more than 25 years now. And Finland, to me, was fairly new in so many respects in terms of understanding the culture and the weather here. But in terms of technology, it was very well known. So if you look at the rich history of Finland, I think most people are aware, you know, of the, of the likes of Nokia and, and aware that SMS came from Finland, but also those actually maybe within technology circles um, are of other organizations. I, I had the great pleasure of meeting Martin Mikos a, a few years ago in California, for example, the Finn who was the CEO of MySQL. And I think that was like one of the first $1 billion acquisitions of uh, an open source solution. And then we obviously 
we know of other organizations that maybe when I moved here 14 years ago, we would not have thought of them as technology companies like Conner, for example, because it was all about you know escalators and elevators. But nowadays, they're more about moving people and understanding the data and understanding customer wishes and problems. So Finland, to me, was already known as a, a very innovative hub. And perhaps my perception at that time was you know, relatively very high on the innovation uh, charts, but quite low on the sort of sales and marketing charts as such. I remember meeting a very well-known antivirus and malware organization from Finland that a friend of mine happened to be the UK country manager for, and they had a wonderful solution, but nobody knew them compared to the other brands coming out of the places like the, the US and the UK. But fortunately, I think that's also started to change quite a lot in the time that I've been here the last 14 years it's that character trait isn't it traditional character trait mm-hmm. of the people seem to sum up finnish people with absolute brilliance at innovation and building things and being great with technology but having a nice humility about them and so never telling anybody about it which is i think is you're, you're right it's changing it's changing and it's and it's a sweeping generalization as a characteristic so richard did you set schaeffler up in finland or did you join them as they were doing it no, we set it up actually in early 2019. In Scheffler, we work quite much on the automotive industry. And then and then you have around 25% working on the industrial side. And that's where I work. What does it mean in the industrial side is that Scheffler, we manufacture and we sell bearings, we sell mechatronics for the industry as well as automotive side. And so our customers are using our products and their machines, machinery and everything is, is running very well. Um, however, there is a need nowadays or, or a need to digitalize the whole factory, right? And it really starts from trying to understand your machines. Basically, you have to be able to measure what is the vibration, what is the temperature, trying to predict that when they are starting to not operate in a in a perfect condition right so when there becomes problems and so on before that happens and that was basically when we see this opportunity in our customers then the chef said oh, we want to invest and we want to create a you know, a technical solution and digital services around this to help our customers so that's when they got in touch with with me then through some another some other colleagues uh, because we have worked in the energy sector before with uh, energy utilities, whether it is electricity, whether it is gas, whether it is water, whatever it is, which has gone through the same need to digitalize the collection of, of metering data and so on. And so that was one reason why they contacted us. So that was one aspect. Another aspect was that in the Nordic countries in general, and especially in Finland, I would say, our customers are interested to co-develop this kind of a thing, right? We want to do this hands-on. We would like to co-develop this. So we found also customers like this in Finland that was willing to do this. Um, and as you know, Finland has a in the raw material industry, such as pulp and paper, cement industry, sawmills, etc. There's a lot of companies in Finland that would like to, to find a way to digitalize their, their operations. I would like to explore the Nokia story. You might remember the time when Nokia was a dominating player in the mobile handset business with some 40% global market share. And, and 
we know what happened then the business collapsed uh, so we could discuss finland times during nokia rule and beyond nokia and the creative destruction so how do you see that rob i don't, I don't think i'll get into anything in terms of uh, MA activity and microsoft and nokia etc but i think um some interesting observations would be going back to richard's question as well jana in terms of you know how i came to Finland and and what my perception of Finland was before I came here. And actually, before I moved to Finland, for some reason, Nokia had heard I was looking to move here. And I met with a recruiter from Nokia. And he actually came over to the UK to, to interview me. They were interested in me joining Nokia. And they showed me a product. And I went and bowed the individuals in their departments. But they showed me a product and asked me how to position it in the market and where to position it. And I was quite dismayed. Because I then asked the question, well, have you already made this? And they basically had a warehouse full of this new product that spent many millions to develop. And at this point, they had not done any customer research. Now, I would say I had also worked with Motorola many years ago when we were still talking about analog flip phones. And there was a lot of docu- well-documented stories at that point about Nokia were slow to adapt and change. So they beautifully engineered products that had a great reputation for reliability and robustness. Everybody talks about uh, lean and agile nowadays and you know, Six Sigma and Motorola is one of the companies that came up with that, but they had terrible QA issues at the time, but Nokia didn't. But the difference being is that Nokia did not appear to be led by customer demand. And that I think is very different with how Finnish organizations work today. But it's also possibly why Nokia have also been very successful in the other parts of their business, such as the amount of patent license revenue that they still gain today, because they haven't been restrained, perhaps by those market research activities. So there's good and bad sides in terms of the innovation with someone like uh, Nokia. But in terms of the demise of Nokia, I wouldn't really want to comment on that. I think what we have seen, however, is a lot of amazing companies that have come from former Nokia engineers. And I think a testament to, a testament to some of the activity that they do is, is the Kato, uh, Kato group that you run, Yanni, as well, with you know more than 600 members who are quite international. Many of them are ex-Nokia engineers. I would not put such a sweeping statement to say that they're all engineers who don't understand customer demand. I think things have moved on a lot, but that was a criticism perhaps from Nokia in, in the past. Let's discuss uh, innovation and Finland. And uh, Finland has been ranked uh, number one, uh, certainly in top three, depending on the report you read uh, for innovation. And it's certainly a leader and definitely uh, we rank higher as our size is. So why do you think that is so? And uh, what should we do uh, to maintain that position, Richard? Yeah, from my point of view, I think it has a connection, a cultural connection, I believe it has. It's about innovation. It's about changing things and moving things forward, which has in Finland that's in, built in into the culture, right? If there is a way to do things better, somebody will start working in that direction, no matter what the cost is, and you will just go ahead. Unfortunately, uh, as we heard <laughs> earlier, that it's an introverted culture. So you don't bang the drums, tell other people what you're doing and why you're doing it and what it is good for. So that aspect is very important in order to make an 
innovation actually fly from a business perspective. So I agree Finland is great in doing innovation. I think the best thing that could happen to Finland was that uh, Nokia mobile phones uh, didn't succeed any longer. So that has kind of uh, generated a lot of other companies that continues this tradition of doing innovation. Uh, in my opinion, that, that was the best thing that could happen because Nokia was sucking up all these kind of a people. So now these people are in different companies and continue this tradition. Still, what is really is missing there is the bigger companies that actually bring all this innovation together to solve a specific business issue or create some new business model around to bring this really to, to the end customers. So if Finland wants to stay on top of innovation, is it uh, uh, on the marketing side or technology side that Finland should invest and what uh, should Finland do as a country? What do you think, Rob? I actually um, think what's very good now is that the technology and marketing side are not operating in silos anymore. So my background is actually uh, product management and product marketing. So I've always worked really closely with technology, with finance, with sales, with marketing, with customer service, etc. And when I moved here 14 years ago, I spent a lot of my time explaining the principles of product management, new product development. I don't feel I have to do that so much nowadays. We're very good in Finland now at being more customer demand-led, looking at things like weak signals, etc., and having the engine, you know, the talented engineers that we have here in Finland, much more customer orientated. That means that technology and marketing now work together much better. So you're building, for example, products to the quality standard that the brand dictates not the other way around necessarily. To give some more personal experience at Nolventure, when we work with a client, it's their vision. And when we talk about things like digitization, it's their vision for digitization. And we're normally there to help with things like uh, the process automation or, or process optimization for that and seeing that vision through. And that means that we have anyone from the, the tech entrepreneur and a founder or the larger organizations, it could be the senior personnel through to the software development team or the you know electronic engineers, et cetera, within these businesses. So it's much more collaborative now between technology and marketing and, and both bottom up and top down. I hear that Finns are introverted by nature. And, and on the other hand, uh, it's often the perception that innovation and digitalization is the idea uh, from a single person or small group. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, the environment in Finland does encourage uh, companies to work together and building collaborations. Uh, can you explain uh, how does this affect uh, then your business and work, uh, Richard? You're absolutely right that uh, collaboration, that is also a part of, I think it's a part of the, the close, <laughs> the near-time culture, if you go back a few hundred a few hundred years, that the people in Finland has had to keep together in order to, to develop and fight through different steps of history. And this is key, actually, when you talk about building up an ecosystem. So if you would like to, to create a solve an issue for a customer you cannot be as just talking from our perspective from chefless perspective we cannot invest in getting all this competence and getting all this knowledge um, in time you don't have the time you don't have the money um, you have to focus on what is your core and then you have to build an ecosystem of all these 
these other skills and, and technologies. In Finland, it very much helps that, that you are, even though introverted, but you're used to work together, to, to have a close ecosystem inside of the country between these companies. They know each other. Everybody know, more or less know each other. If you need this one, somebody will always, can I always recommend you some other company? Ah, these guys are doing that and so on. So all that works very, very well in Finland. And that is key for you to be able to build up a successful ecosystem. The difficulty is, as always in Finland, to get into that one, right? So how do you, how do you find that? And how do you actually get into that if you're not a Finn? Right. So that is the difficulties as, as I see it. And from that point of view, you have some big vehicles in Finland. You, you mentioned Kone before. So through Kone, you, these companies can reach the ver- world. You have paper mills, you have Stura Enso, you have UPM, Metsa, and you have these companies that are global. And through, through these Finnish companies, you can reach the world. But if you come then as from a Scheffler perspective, as doesn't have any ties to Finland, German one of the biggest family-owned companies in the world, right? So why would we go to Finland? How do we actually tap into this one? Nobody knows about these great companies that exist in Finland outside, uh, I would say, definitely outside of Nordic regions. It, it's not easy to find these kind of companies. Can Richard describe how you built uh, your ecosystem and, and your partners, uh, did they support you in that? Did they know each other beforehand? Uh, how did uh, the process go? Uh, any challenges uh, you came across? I had, of course, the the, the benefit of be, having been worked and lived in Finland for for tw- more than 20 years. So, of course, I knew some of these companies I knew before, um, have been working with some of these companies before. So that was, of course helpful but basically the first i would say that our process went like this that we we started to be in contact with uh, with business finland because business finland has um, a lot of this knowledge right a long list of companies in different areas of technologies and we discussed with them and then we did some speed dating uh, we put together some meetings and we started to also get our headquarter people acquainted with some of the Finnish companies. So we did some screening with the help of Business Finland. After that, of course, then we did our own selections and discussions with these companies about from more from a strategic fit that which companies would make sense to work with also on the long term. Because we have to remember that Finnish companies will quite easily tell you that, okay, yeah, maybe the, I have this great technology, but in the long term, I don't think that's the best choice for you. Right, very open and honest. Right, so you will. They will also guide you. That it's not like in a very American way in that sense, if you like. So, so we had quite quickly these kind of discussions to filter out which companies would make sense to work with, and I think we selected, let's say, five companies from the beginning to work with, and then as we started the program, and remember, we developed things from an ID to launching a, a new, completely different machine condition monitoring solution and digital service within one year with this one. So it was very, very fast. But from that day, when we started with five companies, during the way that whenever we hit something, okay, we need some expertise in this area, we need to test this one, we need to design this one and so on. We doubled the amount of those companies. And we we started with three people ourselves in the beginning. Uh, with the partners, we were maybe 10 people. And at the end of the of the road, we were more than 100 people that contributed to this program. That could not have been done, I would say, in in, in very many other 
other countries in that speed. Rob, your company is maybe different uh, than those of Scheffler. Uh, how do you see the collaboration and the ecosystem? How important uh, they for your operations and how have you built uh, those relationships? Yeah, absolutely essential, extremely important. And I've got lots of wonderful experiences and examples. And um, I would start by talking about what we mean by these Finnish these so-called Finnish introverts, so that anyone listening to this doesn't get the wrong impression. As soon as I moved to Finland, I found that Finland was probably one of the places that you get the easiest and the warmest responses from people that you contact. Typically, people want to help. And as Richard talked about, teamwork is very important here. And that starts already at a school level. If you compare where I'm from, the UK, to Finland, it's less competitive in terms of a one-to-one competition. And it's much more teamwork. That really helps, and that mindset continues through life here. But within Null Venture, we work with, you're quite right, typically probably smaller organization than someone like Schaeffler does. So we're working with startups, and for startups, it's really essential that they get support and nurturing, etc. And we have a brilliant system here in terms of public-private funding and support mechanisms. Uh, Null Venture is based in Uensu. We have organizations like Business Uensu, Science Park. They will help coordinate incubation acceleration with the likes of Alakeskis and Business Finland. And there's lots of great vehicles from Business Finland. These startups can be from lots of different industries. And so we've got lots of different industry clusters and associations here. So in Uensu, we have Photonic Society, for example. Um, but I should also give a shout out to Neo Games. Outside of my work with Null Venture, I'm actually a chairman of a games company called Vaki Games. And they have a very exciting, innovative PC game that's coming out called King's Hunt. And we could not have done that without the fact that in Finland, through organizations like Neo Games, we can reach industry veterans and investors who are willing to give help to younger, smaller, early games companies. Outside of the the startups, um, we've got uh, we support scale up businesses, and those scale up businesses also benefit from ecosystems and partnerships. So they will get continuous uh, things like let's call it soft loans from the likes of Business Finland for growth, but also access to markets. I would regard you know Null Venture as a scale up as well. So we've been in business for eight years. And in the four years I've been at Null Venture, we've more than doubled our staff, more than doubled our turnover. And one of the reasons we do that is is not just for repeat and referral business, and customers are often happy, well, always happy to refer business, but also when we look at things like getting international clients, we can leverage the references that we get from our customers, and we can leverage the support from the wider Team Finland organization. In Singapore, for example, We work very closely with the Nordic Innovation House, Singapore, which is sponsored by the likes of Business Finland, Business Sweden, uh, Denmark, Norway, and Iceland. But also the local ambassadors and the commercial embassy staff have been absolutely amazing there and in other countries as well. And how that all comes together, a very quick story is that we were in Singapore promoting Null Venture. We had some customer references there. We were at the ambassadors residents. And we also work with very large organizations. And this is an example of this. So one of the large organizations we work with is a, or is a customer of ours, which we're allowed to talk about, is Abloy. At this point, it was a relatively new relationship for us. 
and Abloy being in the is the world's largest lock and key manufacturer and very much a digital player. But as you can imagine, in the security business, we have to be careful about what we talk about. But there we were at the Singapore, the Finnish ambassador's residence in Singapore. We had uh, Deputy Prime Minister of uh, Finland there. We had, um, you know, the great and the good present. And a lady from Abloy came up to me in front of these dignitaries and said, have you seen anyone from Nolventure? And I said, oh, I'm from Nolventure. I'm Rob Connell, the CEO. And she said, great. I just wanted to come and tell you what a great job your guys are doing for us in Uensu. And that's amazing. We would not have been able to get that audience to the work that we're doing so that we can beat our drum as such or have someone else beat our drum for us without this collaborative public-private partnership aspects that we have in Finland. Richard, I would be interested to hear uh, if there is something you can say about how your German colleagues uh, perceived uh, Finland. How did it look different from uh, your perception as you have lived here for many years? That's quite interesting because it's, it, it comes back to this introvert thing again, which is, in my opinion, this is the most positive thing. I usually say it's kind of a respect-oriented listeners. Finns are really respectful and listens a lot, so very much like very close to the culture of Japan, right? And the Germans are, I would say, on the top of being task-oriented and highly organized planners, right? So they are very task-oriented, planning the work. So I think that combination was actually great. I even put that when we started our program as uh, I combined the concept of uh, die Mannschaft uh, in German, which means the the team itself, and then pragmatism from Finland. So the pragmatische Mannschaft, I call it in German. And that was kind of the, the theme for our team. Of course, if you have not worked in a culture like this, German and Finland, um, and you have also bad examples of, of Finnish and German companies trying to merge and doesn't succeed. <laughs> so, of course, from my perspective, I have worked a lot over the last 25 years globally in many, many countries and traveled a lot, 200 days per year easily. So I, I understand myself and personally the strength of having a multicultural team and also the risks, what there is. How do you communicate? How do you make decisions? And so on. And if you're not aware about that, you can end up in very disastrous situations. So I would, I always recommend anybody nowadays, even from schools and upwards, that understand your emotional intelligence and, and try to understand the culture impact of the country as well as different companies. That is something that you will actually need. I spend a lot of time in the beginning on this one to set up the teams, you know, meet if possible, face-to-face, trying to understand each other and just kind of a talking through things and setting things up in, in the right way to be successful. And then you have to be meeting every week in some way or another with these teams. And you have to communicate, you have to communicate, communicate, communicate all the time. So for you, as, as bringing them together, it's not like the ecosystem will just work by itself. Somebody has to to bring this all together and take that through the, uh, all the steps, right? When I was in, in Sweden, then, of course, Sweden is very much closer to German companies, traditionally because of the industry segments that we work in Sweden. So, But in Finland, I, I hadn't done that before. So that was more with Japanese companies, U.S. companies, maybe Swiss companies. But So for me, that was also kind of refreshing to work with, with Germans. But the combination was is really great. 
to continue from Richard's thoughts and and just to to say um, completely agree. And I think what's really important is that we understand the complementary skill sets and uh, we can have common goals and and objectives and and similar motivations, but we should look for complementary skills. That means playing to strengths. We've recently started working with a with a German who is based in the US and together with the, the Finnish development team at Noll Venture, I really believe that we've got a, a dream team in terms of the, the task orientation of the, the Germans and the planning and the processes with the respectful uh, listening and understanding of the requirements by my Finnish team. And I'll come back to what I mean by my Finnish team in a moment. And the go-to-market, kick-the-door-down American <laughs> attitude to, to make sure it's commercially successful. And when I talk about Finnish teams, I'm sort of using some silent inverted commas here because we have a really diverse group of people at Not Venture from different countries. But I believe that we've all, to a certain extent, adapted to the culture here and embraced the best practices of a Finnish company. So when I talk about our Finnish team, I was almost correcting myself because actually the lead developer in this case is English that happens to be based here in Uensu. So I think we really have learned um, from one another many of the strengths that Richard has uh, talked about. Can you buy um, pints of um, English uh, warm beer in Uensu? Uh, it depends on the time of year. It might be cold by the time you get home, yeah. <laughs> can, can you discuss some examples of Finnish innovations in ICT that have impressed you, uh, for example, There have been a range of them, like Linux uh, gaming uh, business, uh, MySQL uh, 6G work. Uh, what has uh, impressed you, Richard? Anything in particular? Every time you work with a Finnish technology company, they take very much pride if, in the technology and, and that it works, right? So it's always very good to work with a Finnish technology company because they are just so so proud of, of the, what they do without kind of a making a big noise of it. But the best thing is really that they're willing to adapt and get input and make it even better all the time. They're always looking to improve. Sometimes you can say that from a business perspective, that might not be the, the best approach, but but nevertheless, from from an application point of view. They listen to you, they get the feedback, they, they love to get the feedback from the customer and to make it better, right? And very pragmatic, very very quickly to adopt to this one. So that's good. And also the crowdsourcing is nowadays the, some, some kind of a fashionable word, right? But I think that Finns have been doing that for ages, to be honest, right? So so there is always some way to kind of, um, somebody's always looking to cross-pollinate different technologies and, and learning from other segments and, and other kind of a technology providers. We have to remember still that if you think just from a country perspective, you know, versus culture, we talked a lot about culture, right? So Finland and Japan is very close in culture. Uh, same is with Sweden, uh, same is with German also at the end of the day compared to the rest of the world. Uh, so these companies are, or these uh, countries are very well known for being very technology oriented and very innovative. Right? Everybody knows about that. And then, of course, I have to say that, and also the whole Nokia thing. So whenever we did in our industry, we we work, of course, a lot with uh, microelectronics, with uh, firmware. We work with uh, wireless communication. We work with gateways. We work with 
So that's all that kind of a thing that comes from these companies and technologies from the gear time, so to speak. So all that exists in one small country. This is quite amazing. You don't have to go anywhere else. Antennas and, you know, whatever, you know, batteries, technologies, everything is here. That is very impressive that you can just walk out on the street and you can get that, those skills. And they are happy to create new things and put new applications in the market with you and they listen to you. This is really, really impressive. But also on the cloud side, on, on the IT technology, there, of course, these companies are not known very much. So on the, we work with companies uh, on the communication side like Wirepass, which is the best fit ever for a wireless, low battery powered wireless mesh technology. Maybe not very, very well known to the rest of the world, but it is you know, spot on. We work with Salcom to design and manufacture these sensors, battery operated sensors. We work with Trion, a company who develops great gateways, wireless gateways for us. And then we work with WebEyes on the cloud and IoT backend system and the software applications. This company maybe is not known at all outside of Finland or rarely known, winning innovation award from Microsoft because they're using Microsoft technologies, right? For example, in the US, not very well known at all. They have hundreds of customers already, industrial IoT platform, for example. Also on the software side, think also from the mobile application side when, and from the gaming industry, of course, there's a lot of these technologies that we have been able to benefit. So it actually, there hasn't been anything I haven't found that we have been needing that doesn't exist in Finland. And they have also experienced to work with global companies. And these people have experienced what it means not just to make a prototype or a pilot customer solution, but really making a product. And that's very important when you talk from our perspective, we would like to make global solutions and products to bring to the whole market in masses and scale, right? So these partners have to be able, you don't have time to, to teach them all of these steps and what does it mean, right? But mo most and many of these companies have done that before. The people have done that before, typically from the, from the, you know, from these other companies like Nokia, like Kona and so on. That's very impressive. Thanks, Richard. It's great to hear that you mentioned the product management as an important topic. There seems to be great know-how in that area, um, and, and I guess that's due to the Nokia legacy. Rob, any Finnish uh, innovations in particular that have impressed uh, you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we can go by industry sector and probably make a list. It's, it's, it's quite amazing, but I think... Um... One of the things that Richard mentioned was, for example, a company like uh, Rapice. And I think that's an example where at one point our marketing would be saying things like, you know, if you've got an idea, we can make an app for that. And we've moved beyond that. And companies like Rapice, for example, it's more about an integrated solution now. Um, the other side is, you know, my first, my first 13 years of my career, I was thinking about it as Richard was speaking, was, was very much sort of consumer technology and it was very um, uh, obvious. So it was things like, um, and it was very much on the sort of the, the product marketing side. So it's things like mobile phones and uh, broadband access, and then the content that came, anything from, as you mentioned, to things like 6G, but, you know, the content of what you can do with these things to, to make that technology be worthwhile to exist. But if we look at Finland, I think that it's some of these sort of unknown heroes that you might not necessarily notice. So we had in a discussion uh, within Null Venture the other day about, because we have to stay on top of things about what we think is going on, and there's there's quite a few 
really interesting things that have come out of Finland. So we've seen things like the first 3D avatar chats from Habbo Hotel. We've seen uh, companies like um, Indoor Atlas, which allows you to basically use the compass and your phones to navigate indoors, which is impossible to do with GPS, for example. Some of the stuff that doesn't sound very sexy, but is super important to all of our well-being is, I think it's, uh, I'm probably pronouncing this wrong, but Palka, which is the government's financial and HR service, is located here in Uensu, and they've made massive investments in automating their processes with uh, software robotics, and that saves an awful lot of time on things like routine tasks now. Um, the other thing is changing mindsets, and I already mentioned today, someone like Connor are looking at things like people flow now, as opposed to thinking of themselves as a a manufacturer as such of a, of a heavy industry. And when we talk about heavy industry, if we think about some of our traditional industries like uh, construction and manufacturing, there's a long way to go, but we're already seeing some good first steps. So we have companies like Process Genius, for example, doing digital twins for uh, uh, manufacturing sector here. We currently ourselves are building some solutions for both Finnish and uh, Asian construction companies and manufacturers. That digitization, there's a lot of uh, great innovation going on in there. I think the stuff that we probably can see as consumers every day, products such as the Aura Rings, an example of doing a product for a booming trend, you know, in terms of self-measuring for, for, for health and well-being. And outside of people, uh, one of the examples some of my guys gave at work, which I thought was really, really fun, was um, the Easy Swing cattle brushes. And it looks a bit like a car wash for the cattle, and that's being sold globally now. And those are, those are great things. And all of these need software to make them run and to solve these uh, traditional problems. And that's super. I love the car wash for cattle, Rob. Yeah, I have to send you the YouTube link to... That's, uh, I need to see that. Yeah, so uh, Google Easy Swing Swinging Brushes. Fantastic. And on that, I think we're probably coming to the end of our podcast. I've got a final question. And this is outside of business, technology, research, and development, and innovation, and happiest country in the world, and number one for innovation. I want to ask both our guests, Richard and Rob, What's your favourite thing in Finland from a personal perspective? And Rob, I, I know your wife is Finnish, so let's say, for diplomacy's sake, what's your second favourite thing in Finland? From my point of view, it is that once you get to know the Finns and once you get a friend, you have a friend for life. Because as a Swede, we, come, we are consensus-oriented people. We live in a more like a, a group and it's more kind of a... Many say it's superficial to some extent the Americans of the Nordics. <laughs> it's difficult to become really close friends with a Finn, but once you have it, it's for life. And they will do anything for you, whether it is, you know, in business or in private life. So That's lovely. Rob, what about yourself? I, I would wholeheartedly agree with Richard in terms of, in one word, it would be people. And this is important to me personally. People take responsibility for their own actions here. People give privacy. Um, people are um, friendly and warm and honourable and trustworthy and not sycophantic, and not materialistic. And this is also important, just not just from personal. And as you say, obviously, my family is very important to me. But outside of that would also be, we've been talking about digitization and technology and apps and integration and all the rest of it. But none of that means anything. It's all about people. Uh, people in our organisations. Fantastic note to end on. And that's where we leave this podcast. So many thanks to our guests. Richard, thank you very much. 
uh, Rob, also thanks to you, and to my erstwhile colleague and host, Yana, many, many thanks to you as well. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you Roy. Thank you, Richard. And thank you, Yana. Many thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to welcoming you to our other podcast, Looking at the Future with Finland. For more information about business opportunities, research, development and innovation, funding, partnerships and collaborations, please visit our website www.investinfinland.fi and follow us, Invest in Finland, on Twitter and LinkedIn.